0: Transmitting live from the Top of the Empire State Building on WBAI 99.5 FM Pacifica Radio, in New York, this is a special one-hour edition of Trump Watch, a weekly series investigating the actions of and reactions to President Donald J. Trump and his administration. I'm today's host, Jesse Lent.
1: Conrad Tokyo. far just a national, sabbatical, Rather watch the Politics and politics, CNN and all this.
0: Hello and welcome to Trump Watch. Tonight we're doing something a little bit different than normal. Joining me here in the studio in a minute will be five New Yorkers in their, six New Yorkers in their early 20s, four of whom are interns here at WBAI to share their thoughts on President Trump and how the country's changed following the second election they were old enough to vote in. Despite top celebrities of nearly every pop culture medium urging young people to vote in the 2016 presidential election, according to the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement, or CIRCLE, turnout among 18 to 29-year-olds was only 50 percent, a one-point increase from the last presidential election in 2012, but a two-point drop in voter turnout among that age group from the 2008 election that swept Barack Obama into office. Considering how close the 2016 presidential race was, the Circle study found that if turnout among millennials had been higher, particularly in swing states like Wisconsin and Michigan, it is quite possible it could have swayed the final results, as 55 percent of millennial voters, voters rather, favored Trump's challenger, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, compared to 37 percent who voted for Donald Trump. So why are millennials so disengaged when their vote has so much power? And now that Donald Trump is president, what is the general sense of how he's doing here to help us understand the millennial mind or at least where each of these fascinating folks are in their own head is Nina Bolton, a 22 year old critical and visual studies major who just graduated from Pratt looking to break into podcasting. Daniel Lashley-Smith, who's a 23-year-old recent graduate of York College pursuing a career in journalism. Ace Ornstein, a 20-year-old broadcasting major at Long Island University and the host of Ace at the Plate on his college radio station, WCWP. Sebastian Louisier, a 23-year-old marketing student at York College. Stephen Manra a 23-year-old recent college graduate with a degree in commuter- computer science, and Giovanni Anglin, a 22-year-old communications technology major, graduating from York college this week. Other than Sebastian and Steven, who host the Black Seinfeld podcast with Giovanni, everyone on the panel today is a WBAI intern. Hello, panel. Thank you all so much for being here. And WBAI interns, thank you so much for helping out the station.
2: Thanks for having us on, Jesse. It's, this is dope to be on Trump Watch. How's how's everyone doing? Um, <laughs> shouts
0: out to Brooklyn, Brownsville, Brooklyn, stand
2: up. and everyone at your college, man.
0: Okay, so you? Giovanni, since you're uh, you're here, you're on the mic. This yes, is sir. the voice of Giovanni. Hi. Why do you think that voter turnout is so low among 18 to 29 year olds? Is is this the was this the first or second opportunity to vote for for you or or? Uh, yeah.
2: Okay, so let me tell you how messed up my birthday is. My birthday is November 7th and wow. the 2012 election was November 6th. That's amazing. So I couldn't vote yet. So this was the first actual time I can vote and the problem was it it was the lesser of two evils, Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump and that's the real reason why there was a dip in in the points because Hillary Clinton we we don't as a young black male, we don't rock with at all, because it's ironic that how we were called super predators and then she went to the super predators to ask us to vote for her. Let's not get this twisted, ladies and gentlemen. The Clintons own prisons, OK? They owned prisons. And now you want us to come and vote for you. No, we don't like you like that, Hillary Clinton. And then Donald Trump. Well, we all know about Donald Trump, OK? There's there's not much to say. It's, it's Donald Trump, OK?
0: And you're, of course, referring to Hillary's comments in the 90s uh, when her husband was— uh, pushing for three strikes, you're out, Absolutely. Uh, uh, prison legislation that sent a lot of people to jail, uh, some of whom were actually recently released when o- when Obama made Absolutely. some of those uh, those changes. So Daniel, do you see a lot of apathy among politics, among your friends? I mean, how many people, you're working at AI, which is a, a progressive radio station, but how many people do you know seem actually engaged, and has that changed at all since the election?
1: uh not a lot actually there's not not been a lot of um it's real my, some of my friends are really apathetic towards politics some of them really dour towards it cuz they they feel like it doesn't speak to them it doesn't really matter to them like it's things are going to go on and it's I've, I've i used to be that way myself i used to be apathetic towards politics but recent events have forced my hands to get
0: in in into this Recent events, you mean Donald Trump's election? Uh, yes, and everything he, thereafter. <laughs> right. It, was there any one particular moment that kind of turned you around?
1: Um, the moment when I realized he like the moment when I when I realized he won, and I'm like I'm in my room, just I'm in shock, in awe, and I'm in I'm just in my mind processing.
0: How did we get here? (laughs) And Sebastian, um, do you remember when you first heard Donald Trump was running for president? Uh, Did you see that original uh, press conference when he came down the escalator and uh, said, called all Mexicans (laughs) rapists and criminals? Yeah. But I'm sure some of them are very nice people, unquote.
3: Yeah, I do remember because I use social media a lot. So it was definitely trending. And also they have the... Simpsons meme because it was like they told the future in the episode, right? They so, had
0: in the in the one where Lisa flashes forward and becomes president. Donald Trump had quote really messed up the economy, so right? Something like mess,
3: that. Mess, like they had to fix up the situation. I thought it was interesting, but he ran multiple times before, but he kind of pulled through and continued running. So I thought that was very interesting. Mm. I do remember that time.
0: And did you? I'm curious. Uh, the relating to what I just asked Daniel, you know, do you consider yourself? a politically engaged person and and do you know a lot of people who are political
3: yeah all my friends are very political especially ones that use social media there's they're the ones that got me into using Twitter and who to follow because depending on who you follow it depends on your information too So you get more liberal more leftist information You follow more conservative you get that type of information so yeah uh... been following politics since 2008 especially when Barack Obama was running so that's when I started getting into it but yeah like m- many of my friends yeah, we were pretty focused on it.
0: Do you think it gets dangerous at all that there's a possibility that uh, that information can be more uh, specialized? That if, if, if people get their information in that you know in that way from Twitter, that there's a possibility that you know that like you said that people on the on the left can can get just left uh, you know sort of points of view, and people on the right and, and it gets you, you know sort of drives more of a wedge between people.
3: Yeah, I do see that, especially because everybody wants the news immediately. Right. You know, we're always in a rush. Who gets it first? So, depending on the information we get, that second is completely different from the information we get the week after. So, yeah, I do see that's a very big issue.
0: How about you, Nina? What went through your mind as Donald Trump started to win the Republican primaries and you first started to uh recognize or or at least the media started to acknowledge that he could become president
4: well with my experience when the moment he announced his nomination i did not think it was funny at all i remember everybody was sort of thought it was a really big joke and it was kind of a humorous thing at first not a lot of people took it seriously it was hard to tell what was going to happen and even back then i i was just really appalled and um I guess already very anxious about the situation. And when he finally got the nomination, I mean, it almost seemed inevitable at that point when he did like it, it it seemed like it was just going to go to him. And then when it did, it was like, okay, so this is what this election is going to be about now. You know, that it's not going to be about other issues. It's just going to be about him or not him, you know? So,
0: well, and obviously Hillary played right into that narrative choosing instead of offering a, Alternative, mostly at least in TV commercials, to focus on uh, wh- how horrible Trump was. I remember there was that one TV ad that was just Trump on on Letterman admitting that his ties were made in in Mexico, but it didn't seem to move the needle that much. Um, what, did you what did you know about Trump before he announced his candidacy?
4: Well, you know, I was familiar with him as a, a celebrity, as a you know reality TV show host. Um, I, I read a lot of my dad's old Bloom County comics as a kid. And so I learned a lot about what he was like in the eighties through that. And I was like, man, this guy is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then I was so surprised to see him back and not just on TV being what he was doing on TV.
0: Rice. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, um, you know, to flash forward to the election, a big part of Donald Trump's win was appealing to, uh, White voters, a lot of lower uh, on the income scale, white voters um, in a lot of Rust Belt states like Wisconsin and Michigan. Ace, um, what do you think it was about Donald Trump's message that so many people, you know, including a lot of demographics that had gone Democratic for years, switched uh, parties to vote for Trump?
5: And um, there's multiple, you know, factors. Of why maybe white millennials voted for Donald Trump, especially some that may have voted Democrat in the past, and specifically to those types, people who voted Democrat in the past. I believe personally that it was an anti-vote against Hillary Clinton for everything that she did to Bernie Sanders and uh, and uh, of course her troubled past in regarding politics. So it will I see specifically to whites that did vote Democrat in the past and voted for Trump it was a stick it to you vote it was we don't want this in the Democratic Party and you know we did that that's just what it was that's how I see it so Stephen were you watching the uh, the
0: returns on election night
6: uh yeah I was uh, I was com- completely shocked but then again, because it was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, yeah, I remember I was watching with my parents and we were all completely shocked because at first it was like Trump got this amount of votes and then Hillary won and then she was in the lead and then Trump was in the lead. And then when Trump won, we were all just completely all shocked that night.
0: You know, uh, when when you, I mean, obviously every major poll was reporting that that Hillary had the advantage um, so, so a lot of people were surprised. But outside of the surprise, what was, the, the, what was being talked about in that room with your parents? I mean, what, what, was, what was it that you guys were afraid that the election of Donald Trump would signify or could signify? Um, a big portion of what we
6: talked about was the reverse of the progress of the Obama years the progress of him trying to get equal rights, climate change, a lot of those big things that he pushed for, especially health care. You know, um, we know a lot of, like my mother's a nurse, so we met so many people who did not have universal health care, and they couldn't be covered. So we were afraid of those things and for people that we know who can't afford and
0: reach yeah, those things. Most that, that, you know. So Giovanni, you know, there was that... Um, that famous SNL skit <laughs> the week that Donald Trump was elected. Um, where, where and, um, and Chris Rock. Right, where they're watching the returns come in uh, with their white friends who can't believe that this mm-hmm. could happen in America. And Rock and, 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 and Chappelle are just not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, did you experience or any of your friends experience any of that or, or among friends of yours who are white and African-American, do you think that that, that sketch was illustrative of any kind of divide between white America and a- black America?
2: Absolutely, because remember the female in the sketch was like, you guys just don't know how it is to be a woman in America. And Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle just broke out laughing right. because <laughs> right. they just couldn't understand what it's like to be, Black or black man or black woman in America because you know black people been oppressed for so for for centuries. You understand? Right. I mean, y'all voted for Reagan. You understand? Y'all voted for Nixon. You feel me? And and y'all voted for Trump. It it, it was nothing new, really. I remember when Trump was elected. Uh, everyone everyone in Browns really we we just had like just down faces. But then the next day it was just like whatever. Today's and it's a it's a different day, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, was, was there, do you remember your own uh, election night story? <laughs> were, you, uh, Absolutely. were you more in the surprised or this is not a surprise like, uh, kind of feeling?
2: I mean, I was shocked first, and then I was like, dang, man, America is, like, America is racist. man. Yeah, apparently did racism did not racist. end with
0: the election of Barack Obama. <laughs> this is, is a shock. That
2: is true. Hey, I will say this. <laughs> the, 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 reason why, the reason why Trump won, in my opinion, is because, A, Hillary Clinton was cocky. She didn't she didn't she didn't go to to certain states because she just thought she had the win. Okay, like Hillary, you can't go on Ellen and just dab and expect expect us to pick you. You can't do that, beloved. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I feel like the the election of Donald Trump is I felt I said this beautifully. I said this sums up 2016 as it was written by Matt Stone and Trey Parker. We live in South Park, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right,
0: because <laughs> because of the absurdity, you uh-huh. mean.
2: And think about it, too. Donald Trump is now a president-elect. Killer Clowns was running around rampant that year, too. Like, it's just an In the woods park. It
0: is odd how some of these things that seemed like even just a year ago were, were abs- so absurd they were laughable. Exactly. You know, it's funny because I, I thought about a lot when Donald Trump got elected. Uh, you know, I used to watch The Daily Show with Jon Stewart a lot and how amused he was when donald trump first came along you know mm-hmm. and i think it summed up a lot of people on the left sentiment towards him that like this guy's a joke Everyone he's just did. this is fun mm-hmm. and and i it was kind of uh i don't think you can credit trump or his team for this but but it it it, it resulted with him getting a exactly. tremendous amount of television coverage because it was just fluff right
2: and, and when he started winning it's it stopped being a joke and they and they started looking at him as a threat a really big threat not even just liberals but conservatives as well
0: yeah so i want to just talk a little bit about the experience that i want to go around to all of you and just talk about if if there's been a moment since trump's election where either one of your friends or or someone you didn't know if something was said to you or something happened that made you think that we might have have entered a a different era Giovanni we could start with you was there was there anything that 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 happened that made you think that
2: to me personally no but I remember seeing the response on social media especially Twitter and Facebook and Instagram of just children screaming build the wall build the wall and then you have all these these immigrants just in tears and, and I remember there was this plane incident where, where this guy was just like, to, to this Muslim person, to this person who practiced Islam, said remove that hijab because Trump is president. And I'm just like, because Trump is president, I feel like cer- certain people, mainly white people, have, have the, they feel like they have the authority to just blurt out anything that they want. And I'm just saying, be careful with who you blurt that out to because
0: someone's going to check you. Well, what about you, Daniel? Was there anything that stood out to you? It it, it doesn't have to be around the election, but really in the last few months since he's been in office, was there anything that that kind of um, made you think that we might have entered a different feeling in the country, even though I realize that's kind of vague?
1: Just because everything's gotten so absurd lately, everything that that comes out of – everything that this man has done, he's been embarrassing us on – like on foreign trips he's been just these weird these weird tweets these <laughs> <laughs> all what, what it is it is just ridiculous and i'm i keep looking in my head i'm going in my head like how do people just keep falling for this how have we not just I,
0: like I'm at, sometimes I'm at a loss for words I'm a loss for words I mean just to push back on that like I'm sure his supporters would say you know we're, we were just talking about the value of social media to, to, to communicate with people why shouldn't the president be using it to play devil's advocate why why shouldn't the president be using it in order to communicate with his followers or just the American people in general
1: if you can use it to be um, etiquette edica- ed- ed- adequate i like i don't know i forgot the, oh my god to, to have etiquette i if you have etiquette if you can have just um self control and <laughs> right beautiful uh, just just he he picks fights with everyone he's like an enti- if you can't act be on twitter i have the whole world see you acting like a giant baby
0: all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, Sebastian has there been anything for you that stood out since Trump became president you know is there anything that like a friend of yours has said you know did did you did for example, you know, I, I was actually playing music with someone and found out that they were not only a Trump supporter, but felt that racism was imaginary and didn't exist. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm not playing music with this person anymore. But did you ever have an experience like that with someone that you, you know, obviously that this election divided a lot of people. Was there anything that, that anyone that surprised you?
3: Well, it's the, the first thing was the Muslim ban, because I yeah. used to work for an a immigration lawyer, and... I'm always on the phone with USCIS, and immigration takes a long time to get things done. So the Muslim ban kind of slowed down a lot of the applications. So that was like one of the first things that got to my mind. And I do know a lot of people that's still in the system, like still waiting for their call so they could try to get their citizenship or at least a green card to stay for a couple more years. So that was like the first thing that got to me.
0: Do you take any solace in the fact that the appeals court so far— Almost unanimously, I think there was one court in, in Maryland, I believe it was, that, that ruled in favor of Trump's ban. But enough of the appeals court rulings were against it that it hasn't gone into effect. Does that give you any kind of solace that maybe the system is doing what it should as far as checks and balances?
3: I'm not too sure because we could say one thing. It's like, oh, some people don't support it. That's good that they don't support the Muslim ban. But will it kind of... Um, would it kind of push the system to actually work? You know, to kind of get all these people to—I don't know—because the system is very complicated. Everything is very slow. Everything is clogged up, and I don't think anybody could really fix that at the moment.
0: That's, and and you know the immigrant- you know there's it's it's such a many tendriled <laughs> beast if you'll pardon the expression. I mean it's it's just because when you think it's the wall, yeah. So there's the issue of a giant public works project to the border, but then there's also what you just mentioned, the Muslim ban. But then there's also the ICE raids, you know, and the fact that uh, you know, Trump and, you know, the the Department of Homeland Security uh, you know, have come out with statements basically authorizing ICE to arrest anyone who gets swept up in these raids. They no longer, you know, they'll target a certain person. Yeah, but ha-
3: that happened in uh, Queens too, in Elmer's.
0: It's been happening all over the city. Yeah. Yes, and 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 really, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of coming at us from all directions. I mean, th- that's something that I often wonder. You know, I don't know if there's an answer for this, but what do you think is the best way to sort of Stay uh on top of some of these really important issues, especially as they sort of get lost in this bombardment of news. I think everybody
3: says the same thing. Call your legislature, keep on calling, send letters. Don't forget because the whole thing is something new comes out, and we just kind of like you have so much news every day, we do forget the smallest things, so that's one thing.
0: And Nina, what about you? What went through your mind, or is there anything that's that's really stood out to you? I, I mean, when you think of, like, since Trump uh, has become president, is there anything that, that pops out in your mind as being a, a sort of uh, brave new world or whatever?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, I remember very soon after the election, uh, one of my good friends, she's an Orthodox Jew, and she lives up in Riverdale. You know, it's a very Jewish community. They were getting messages from um, their— from their synagogues about worrying about bombings and attacks because of what happened in um, Canada and other places um, and things like that. And I remember my sister, she's starting college and her roommates are very, very conservative and they're all Trump supporters and it's just like very awkward, the stories that she would tell me um, living with them. And one of them came to stay with me uh, in my home I, I invited them to the city and I remember like everyone was talking back then about bridging the gap between the two sides and we're so divided. And so I was trying, you know, it, it just sort of um, came up because she didn't want to talk about politics, but she just happened to come into New York city during the women's March. And we came in, in, um, grand central station. And I was like, too bad. Like, you know, you're, what are you going to do? Like it's everywhere around you. You can't ignore it. So, uh, you know, un- we ended up having to talk about some of these issues and, you know i tried to be patient um and do the the bridging work but it you know it's very difficult um to talk to somebody who's so who believes things so radically different than you do and about things that are like about social rights and about people and like who deserves respect and like what is right and wrong about treating other people you know it's not just about like the economy and things like that it, it's a different kind of politics to me Mm.
0: just to reset here you're listening to a very special episode of trump watch with jesse lent uh where we are talking to millennials uh about how they are perceiving our uh our new president donald trump uh now uh approaching the 150 day mark of his presidency and um you know again my guests are you know balton a 22 year old critical and visual studies major uh Daniel uh, Daniel Ashley Smith, a 23-year-old recent graduate of York College. Ace Ornstein, a 20-year-old broadcasting major. Uh, Sebastian Luzier, a 23-year-old marketing student at York College. Stephen McGrath, a 23-year-old recent college graduate with a degree in computer science. And Giovanni Anglet, a 22-year-old communications and technology major, graduating from York College this week. Uh, so, um, Stephen, say your last name for me. I'm probably butchering it, right? Uh, Manraj (laughs) Manraj, yes Thank you very much So, you know, sort of getting back to what Sebastian was saying Is there an issue that you feel like people are not paying enough attention to right now? Uh, I
6: personally feel like uh, people are doing all these things to these immigrants Not knowing that some of them actually come here and they work really hard for their families For example, like uh, my family comes from the Caribbean And we come and we work very, very hard for what we have. So I think uh, a lack of transparency of what's going on is not being
0: seen at all. And has this touched you being, you know, uh, from a family of immigrants? uh, You know, uh, is there anyone who is who's been swept up in any of this any of this stuff?
6: Um, Not well, not personally, but, you know, me like going out to Long Island to visit friends. We've had incidents where people have. Uh, said a lot of slurs um i've uh, one of my friends had told me there was a KKK poster on like some cars out in like deep in long Island like way out there which was wild um i can remember an instance where I was at the mall and uh, a supporter uh was going off saying a lot of slurs to uh not only to me but to a bunch of other black kids who were in the mall oh my god when yeah. w- when was that this was Right after the election, Jeez. and uh, mall security had to deal with him. So that mall security dragged him off, or yeah, yeah because it was either that or someone
0: else was going to deal with him. was <laughs> <laughs> getting ugly. Enough yeah. said. Oh my goodness. Uh, so Ace, that, that's a difficult story to top. But was there anything that you um, that stood out in your mind? You know, that happened since Trump's been been elected.
5: Um, well, I, I would have three things. Um, number one, just people are showing their true colors, um, with this election, but also since he was elected, you see where people, you know, I feel like with younger people, politics is now mainstream and that's a good thing. And now you're seeing, and personally I have seen where my friends, Lie on the political spectrum because it wasn 't just something that I talked about with my friends before, but now, since this election i 'm seeing it and to be honest uh, i 've lost a lot of respect for people, and uh, one thing that i'd like to say is just that it just goes to show that what 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 breaks it so for Republicans, what I learned from this election from my peers who are republican what wouldn't What what would it take for Trump to do for to not support him? You know, for the things that he's said that you still support him, is what I find alarming. Um, Number two, um, I am Jewish, and thankfully nothing has happened to me specifically. However, the numbers show since his election that the rise of anti-Semitic crimes has been going up, and that makes me more aware of when I do have my yarmulke out in public or something like that, that I directly identifies me as a Jewish person. God forbid anyth- anything happens, but I'm more aware. And the third thing is, is actually a story that happened on election day. Um, I am a broadcasting major at LIU and I'm And I take a bunch of classes and those classes were basically everybody came in. There really wasn't any class. Like we all talked about the election and my friend, Paul, who uh, happens to be um, African American, um, he came in and he brought in this note on his car that said, go back to Africa. This is the day after the election. And uh, I kid you not, he showed us pictures of it on his phone. It was on his windshield. And again, it's not surprising. It's upsetting. And, you know, and and again, the biggest thing, the last thing I'll say is you really see the true colors of a lot of people and where they stand as a person uh, based on who they support no matter what. So.
0: You know, one thing that I want to make clear to our listeners um, is that right now, obviously, we've got six millennials here who uh, we do not. This is, I would believe, uh, maybe not all Democrats, but certainly all in the anti-Trump camp. And uh, beyond having four of them being WBAI uh, interns, we have not put our fingers on the scale. That is just simply... How it ended up. But if you are a millennial and um, and you uh, feel like you would like to have your views represented on this show, we would love to do another show um, representing millennials who voted for Trump. And you can email us at Trump. at WBAI dot org. Again, that's Trump. at WBAI dot org. And let us know. Um, or you can tweet at us using the hashtag TrumpWatchWBAI. So, you know, Ace, one thing that I just wanted to ask you is um, would the fact that Donald Trump, uh, you know, that that his – you know, obviously it's an administration that's been accused of anti-Semitism, of sort of, uh, you know, winking to some kind of uh, white supremacists or, or anti-Jewish folks in this country um, – and and a lot of times uh, supporters of Trump and his administration pu- push back by saying, you know, how could Trump be anti-Semitic? His son-in-law, the the the, you know, the husband of his wife his wife, <laughs> his daughter Ivanka, uh, is uh, is Jewish. Jared Kushner, um, does that give you any any comfort at all that there is uh someone that close to the president uh who's Jewish and obviously Ivanka has converted to Judaism as um, well.
5: You know, that's a really interesting question and the the answer is absolutely not. And the, you know it doesn't make me comfortable because to be honest and I and I'll just give you sort of an example. You know, there are it's almost it's almost a difficult thing to be racist these days and not associate yourself with a certain amount of people because of how diverse this world is today. So uh, there's probably racist white people that are so introverted that they will pretend nothing's wrong when they're talking to a black person. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that Ivanka is married to a Jew, I don't think that that makes a difference. And I, And to be honest, I think... What, what would speak louder if he really cared about issues of the Jewish community is look who's in your administration. And the number one name that everyone brings up is Steve Bannon. And again, the alt-right sort of playing and toying with anti-Semitism and him being the leader of the alt-right does not sit re- well with a bunch of minorities, including including people who practice the Jewish religion.
0: This is Steve Bannon, Trump's chief White House strategist, who was the former editor of Breitbart, a uh, right wing or, as you say, the the alt-right news source that's uh, been known to run some stories that could border on anti-Semitism by most definitions of the word. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, Giovanni, we've talked about immigration a bit and we've talked about um, some of the issues of of, um, racism that, that Trump has raised, and again, I don't think anyone here is trying to say that just because you voted for Trump means you're racist. Um, but well, maybe maybe that's that's a question to get it. Do do you
2: believe that? Well, I feel like this Donald Trump represents something where he isn't political, and I think that's why people um, voted for him. You know, he he's not a politician. You know, he uses words like really, really great and huge, and and you know what I mean. So. Yeah so so people can relate to him you understand and and i think people are so frustrated with polit- with politics in itself and being lied to they they'd rather shake up the system and and vote for the apprentice who got stone cold stunned at Wrestlemania 23 <laughs> <laughs> it's facts he got stunned by stone cold y'all i'm not joking
0: it's true and he he uh Busted a chair over Vince McMahon's head, yes. right? I believe at yes. WrestleMania as well in this the eighties. This is the 80s, our president, yes. guys. I know, that, and that's a really interesting question. I mean, do you think that that the you, you know I I saw uh, the 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 folks who wrote the book on Roger Ailes, the loudest book, uh, loudest uh, vo- uh, voice in the room. I believe the book is called "We're on Charlie Rose," saying that. It's it's almost tragic in a way that Roger Ailes died, you know, after, you know, being dropped from Fox News, pushed out for sexual harassment mm-hmm. uh, claims against him, mm-hmm. um, sort of at his greatest triumph, the man who who brought, inf- you know, information and entertainment together for what we now call infotainment that trump is sort of the embodiment of that do you think right. that the political environment kind of built trump you know we got the man we deserve or do you think that trump in his mastery of branding was able to change the political landscape in america do you know what i mean
2: yes trump is definitely able to change the landscape of of politics because this, all right you you gotta admit he's a terrible politician but like He's great with branding and marketing. I mean, Kofifi's trending, people. Okay, people want Kofi mugs, Kofifi sh- shirts. Like, if if you want one word to describe the Trump campaign, it's Kofi.
0: And this is the strange word that Donald Trump tweeted out at uh, 9 p.m. last night before C-O-V-F-E-F-E. the tweet was... right, right, in a a a. Fragment of a sentence about the uh, unfair media and then just the word Kofifi Yes, which is uh, What do you think he meant by that? Let me ask uh, you that me personally? Yeah, what do you I, think he meant? I, I think covfefe. that he was about halfway through that text and got distracted being a president is pretty distracting I mean it can it can exactly. pull you away from stuff we need to get
2: Donald Trump off Twitter yeah. ASAP
0: exactly. <laughs> Well, Daniel, you know you brought up the Twitter before um, I mean, what kind of a tweet would look presidential to you? Um, you know, just something that would, something
1: that would um, put the just, you know, full sentences would actually <laughs> help. <laughs> full sentences would help. Periods. Maybe <laughs> per- periods, commas, <laughs> actual grammar. Apparently, this is where we are. Um, just a- and actual full thoughts that didn't uh, that. Yeah, maybe it's right. Maybe it's right leaning. Maybe it's left leaning. Make it have but, sense. But, but make it so that it's coherent. That and there, there's it's actually factual.
0: <laughs> that is uh, wow. seems like it would be a reasonable request. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sebastian, you know, there's been a lot of news in the last week about Trump's foreign policy. Um, you know, about him. Uh, The the big news today is that it looks like he's pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement, Mm -hmm. um, that he also refused to uh, endorse NATO, was very uh, almost, uh, uh, let's say, aggressive, if not hostile to our NATO allies in telling them that they need to pay up, referring to um, the the, the UN Charter, uh, Chapter 15, which requires uh, 2% of of nation states' uh, GDP to go towards the the alliance. Um, are there are, are these issues? Do, do, is there anything that that is that is hitting home for you? Is there anything about Trump's foreign policy that uh, that you've been following or that you you you've been hearing your friends talk about?
3: Well, you were just saying earlier about the climate change. That that's something pretty interesting. That was like one of the first things he was saying. How it's like it's fake. You know, it's not real. It's something right. the Chinese invented. A Chinese hoax, I it's believe, was the words. Hoax. Yeah, and. Uh, I think it's the EPA. They took off um, – they're cutting budgets off a lot of things, and something like climate change is probably the first thing I was thinking about, Doing with foreign policy. Thinking. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yes, Scott Pruitt, the new head of the EPA, is yeah. from a, a state that was uh, very pro-natural uh, gas and, and, and pro-petroleum. Um What about some of the other things like Israel or, uh, you know, the fact that Trump uh, was was praising Saudi Arabia's leadership? You know, a a country that's, you know, got a pretty awful human rights and and, uh, women's rights uh, record.
3: I don't think it's anything new to government, to be honest, because it's kind of continuing. It's not like Barack Obama was against them. He still had meetings with them. Hillary Clinton still had deals with them. So it's nothing new. I think it's all still part of the politics of being a president of the United States.
0: So that part doesn't bother you no, and, and doesn't is... even seem that different? Or? No,
3: it's nothing new. It's just a different face. Same does it,
0: Does it? Is there anything you'd like to see him doing different in these kind of foreign trips? Something different? I, I mean, less about the po- – You know, would you like to see him behaving differently? Or are there any issues that you just – other than obviously what you just mentioned, the climate – You know is there anything else are there countries that you think he should be behaving differently towards
3: well I think one of uh, another thing that he's trying to cut budget to is like supporting other countries that need help Um, that's pretty something that's something interesting I thought that he was trying to do because some countries do rely a lot on United States so for him to do that just to make a point You know, it's different towards the foreign policy that other presidents were trying to do because our thing is to always invest money into other countries. I thought that was something new and different that he did.
1: Mm.
0: Nina, there's no denying that a lot of what Trump's agenda was, say, a month ago, you know, trying to get health care passed in the Senate, trying to get his budget done uh, with a major hike to military spending and a 10 percent decrease to all other spending. All of that has been overshadowed with the recent allegations on Russia that Jared Kushner, his aforementioned brother-in-law, is getting investigated now. You know, the sort of ties that continue to to pile up Um, the connections with Russia. Obviously, all is 17 intelligence agencies coming out and saying that uh, there was some kind of uh, at least conversation going on between the Russians and Trump. Does that story... Resonate with you or or do you see it more as a as a smokescreen or a media fascination?
4: You know, I'm I'm honestly 100 not 100% sure it's something I've been thinking about a lot because when when I first learned when the story first broke and the suspicions first started coming out, I I was like sort of appalled. I was like, what is this? Is This 1949 all over again. Like what? Why? We're we're worrying about Russian spies in the government. Like what? (laughs) Um, But then, you know, I, I saw some arguments about how maybe it's not the most important thing going on, and, you know, it, it's it's so hard to tell. I feel like the media is so flooded with so much stuff every day. Every day there's something new with Mr. Trump, and it's hard to keep track of what we should take priority on, like what is the most important issue at any given point, because there's so many things happening all at once. Um, you know, I, I don't. Like his ties with Russia, I think it's very appalling um that you know we have these intimate secrets being shared with another nation, particularly one that's being led by a leader like Putin, who I do not think we should be having any kind of um, alliance with whatsoever uh, yeah you know, it, it's
0: it's a lot what about that ace you know is that story something you've been following closely, or do you feel like it's uh, just the media's been hyperventilating and it's all smoke and no fire.
5: So about the Russian thing, correct? Just to clarify. Yes,
0: about the Russian uh, the, the the allegations of Russian collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government during the 2016 campaign.
5: I believe that there is something there and I believe that it's worth investigating absolutely 100% and in fact, you know, even if we haven't seen anything yet, just look at the campaign and look at some of the people in the administration right now. They have a uh, Flynn resigned, you know, for having the, you know, the meeting with the Russian diplomat. You had uh, his former campaign chairman. Had, I think it was Manafort. Was that his Manafort, name? Manafort. Had Russian uh, connections. Rex Tillerson uh, negotiated a deal. That's worth billions of dollars with Exxon, uh, a gas company. And, of course, if those sanctions do get lifted, which I think is one of the Trump's administration's goals, if that does get lifted, then that deal will get done and there will be a ton of money being exchanged. So, yes, I, I don't think it's BS. And I think that it needs to be investigated more. And, of, uh, of course, it. it it, it, it's endangering to our democratic po- process if there was any type of influence in the election. And I certainly think that an investigation should be taken very seriously. We only have a few minutes left. I want to go around and just, I think a lot of
0: our listeners would be interested, um, just each one of you say where you get your news, you know, whether it's, you know, what website what news source and and um let's start with you giovanni
2: well we stop watching the news really like we don't watch cnn msnbc fox i mainly get my news on twitter and in huffington post that's it
0: and what what kind of people are you following on twitter um
2: angela rye she is bae angela (laughs) rye is really dope okay um Mainly Angela Rye. Um Sometimes I do. I do follow a lot of people on the right too, just just to get that opposite. I'll follow. I'll follow Crazy Tommy Loren. I want to see what she's saying. <laughs> she is crazy. Like she is nuts. Right. Milo,
0: like that dude is crazy. Like right. This is Milo Yenolop. You know how do you say Yen- Yenolopelist? I'm the, not going to do that. The one banned from appearing at the Berkeley Why? Center because the the Berkeley <laughs> College. <laughs> So uh, what about you, Daniel? Where do you get your news?
1: Uh, Mostly my local news affiliates. uh,
0: Radio or TV? Um, A little bit of both. Okay. And Sebastian?
3: Yeah, same thing. Uh, NPR, WBAI, um, Twitter. That's where I kind of go, radio and Twitter.
0: Right. And uh, what about you, uh, Nina? Where do you get your news?
4: Uh, Same. It's mostly Twitter. Um, I follow a variety of... A lot of media content producers online um, who are regularly fielding criticism from the alt-right so I can kind of see what they're saying and see what other critics are saying, too.
0: And Stephen, how about you?
6: Um, Instagram, Facebook, for me, uh, I'm a fan of political satire. I love it. So uh, I definitely follow, like, The Daily Show, Trevor Noah especially as well, and uh, Colbert as well. And what about you, Ace?
5: Um mainly uh npr the young turks and twitter and one thing that i must say is that on twitter and most articles again i don't watch any corporate media um but i do like to skim around on corporate media and other things just to get the perspective because especially in the corporate media you have to read between the lines to get anything real um but yeah mainly the young turks and npr are my main sources and of course twitter using the um, following those types of people so
0: okay one last speed round question in the last few minutes that we have here what are you keeping an eye on um if it's not russia you know where where are you watching the show is called trump watch right so what what are you watching about this president's administration giovanni
2: honestly i'm not i'm not paying attention to to one thing in particular because this guy does so much stuff that you know it's going to be on Twitter the next day. I mean, Kofifi's won. one, okay. <laughs> the Paris thing. Next week, I don't know. Remember remember when Donald Trump said, "Hey, we we just bombed Syria, but hey, let's let's enjoy some
0: chocolate cake, y'all." Let's let's enjoy some cake. Well, it was supposedly the most fantastic piece of chocolate cake. He's
2: like a Bond villain, I swear to you.
0: (laughs) So, Daniel, how about you? Is there anything that you're keeping an eye on with this president?
1: Well, between his multiple golf trips and uh, just his tweets, I'm looking at mostly at education because at this point, I'm kind of scared to have a kid now because I'm going to, like, I feel like he's – not let he's taking money away from education he's taking the money away from um the he's taking away from the climate deals we i'm gonna i'm not gonna live raise my kid in a world where the world's di- the earth is dying and he's not gonna get a good education to help fix it mm. steven
6: um well with our commander in tweet um <laughs> um <laughs> especially nice. uh nice. i'm especially worried uh i'm but what I'm watching out for, I just want to see if they're really going to take him down, like how they did Nixon. Like, I'm curious to see how, like, how the FBI and all these committees and subpoenas that are being issued are really going to, like, stop him. And I want to see if he's really going to, like, change his ways, which I honestly really doubt. But that's
0: pretty much what I'm watching for. What about you, Sebastian?
3: Well, I'm kind of interested in how, like, the markets are doing, uh, corporations, how they're reacting to everything, how people react to the corporations, I think. That's what I'm kind of looking into right now.
0: And Nina?
4: Well, you know, I'm just trying to keep track of any new laws that he's trying to get passed, any new policies, just so, like, I can stay aware of it. And, you know, if they're pertaining to anything that I really care about, so I can potentially, like, call my legislation. Um, but, again, sort of like what Steven said, it's, like, it's something new every single day. And you, it's, kind, it's almost hard to, like, ignore anything that he's doing. So.
5: And Ace? For me, I'm watching just about everything he does and like I'm paying very close attention to all the policies and things like that. And But one thing I'm really keeping an eye on is the Russian investigation because I really am convinced, in my opinion, that there is something there and I'm looking forward to James Comey's public testimony, which could be coming in the next couple of weeks.
0: Big thanks to all of our panelists. My guests have been Nina Balton, a 22-year-old critical and visual studies major who just graduated from Pratt. Daniel Lashley-Smith, a 23-year-old recent graduate of York College. Ace Orenstein, a 20-year-old broadcasting major at Long Island University. And the host of Ace on the Plate on his college radio station, WCWP. Sebastian Luzier, a 23-year-old marketing student at York College. Stephen Munro. A 23-year-old recent college graduate with a degree in computer science, and Giovanni Anglin, a 22-year-old communications and uh, technology communications technology major graduating from New York College this week, who has who hosts the podcast Black Seinfeld with Sebastian and Stephen. Thank you all so much. You're listening to Trump Watch on WBAI 99.5 FM Pacifica Radio New York, and that's going to do it for this week. This show is engineered by Reggie Johnson. Giovanni Anglin helped produce this episode. Co- Trump. Trump Watch with Jesse Lent is available as a podcast. As a podcast, You can find all 27 episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can also stream or download the show at our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com slash Trump Watch WBAI or in the WBAI archives. Contact me at TrumpWatch, doc, <laughs> trumpwatch at WBAI.org and tune in next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. when we'll break down another aspect of the Donald Trump administration. I'm your host, Jesse Lent. Talk to you next time.